Thank you for tuning in to the Highest Praise Church podcast. For more information about Highest Praise Church, please visit highestpraisechurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Sherwood Lancaster. So that's not a shout about, right? All right. I'm going to talk about uh, uh, all things. So we're going to be here for a while. Now, now we're going to believe God for all things. That's the word that God placed upon me and uh, about all things. And it's kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of the simple things. Um, I think a lot of times in 20, you know, going to the new year, we try to come up with so many different cliches and words and yeah I think we just need to grasp hold of what God has already placed in front of us and I think that's really one of the main things that God is telling us and so uh just 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 believe in God for all things and knowing he can do all things and and that's your focus uh, is all things so I'm going to uh I'm going to Luke Luke chapter number 18 and I'm going to read a verse out of verse 27 and we're going to kind of get you geared towards believing God for all things and uh, being on fire for expecting God to do all things and just and just throwing that out there and, and knowing he is a he is a God of all things. And I think, you know, the 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 you know the the atmosphere of expectancy is is the breeding ground for miracles. That's what Pastor Rod Parsley always always said, and that's that's so, it, is, it is so so true that if you can if you have a, a a expectancy, then the level of your expectation is going to be the level of of, of what you receive something from God. And, and so I want us to know this morning that we serve a big God. A large God. And I know it's January the first. It's not the second or the fifth or a lot of times it happened. This is January the first. It's the first day of a brand new year, and I think it's very important. We left 2022 on a high note, doing great things, and I think it's always true. How you leave one room is how you enter another. How you leave one year, I think, is how you enter another. And so we, God is God is is not going to do great things. He is doing great things, and we want to just expand our horizons a little bit and just believe He's going to do even even better things. I'm, I'm using this story here, um, and it's 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 of of the rich young ruler, and and, and what Jesus said in, in in Luke chapter eighteen and verse twenty seven, Jesus says the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Amen. Boy, we can close the Bible and go home on that if we just if we was drunk that for a while. The things which are impossible to men are possible to God. There is a a sphere of uncertainty that God comes in and invades and turns that uncertainty into certainty. The impossible into possible. What we have to do is allow God to invade that sphere. To evade that area in our life that is impossible. We all can think about the things of impossibilities. I can think that I didn't mention the first one I was going to. This is our, this year we will celebrate our 25th year here at Highest Praise. 25 years. Yes. And the fact that I was 12 and I started pastoring here, that's another thing to give God praise for. Glory, I don't know how I did it. But you know. Mom just dropped me off, and I just did what I do. So, <laughs> not really, man. That didn't happen. <laughs> but anyway, I, I, Jesus said this to the rich young ruler. I was studying this, and, and I was I was thinking, even in October, you know, we really plan ahead. We try to plan because I think it's it, we give room, and it, it takes really takes the Holy Spirit 
uh, to trust him whenever, I mean, I remember back in the day, I mean, if you didn't come up with your sermon on Sunday morning or Saturday night, I mean, it really was an inspiration of God. You know, then I realized I, I got mature and thought, that's, that's, that's spiritual suicide right there. And then I started trusting God that he started speaking to us before. So anyway, in October, we were going through things. I said, hey, God, guys, God gave me a word. It's going to be all things, and this is what we're going to do. We're going to believe God for all things. This is how we got here, believing God for all things. And, and we came here. I mean, it was just, just going to be for a couple of years, and we had a handful of literally like 15, 18 people that would show up and uh, that was on, that was that was on good Sundays and and just you know just believe in God for all things and that's what we and that's what we do just just believe we can't believe in for some things you got to believe for all things you can't just pick and choose it's got to be all of it and so I, I was going over that last year this time we had it was January the second when we had our first service and, and it was one thing God God placed on my one thing just focus on one thing. And, and I went back and looked at it, which I don't do a lot. I don't, I don't, I don't listen to myself. I definitely don't look at myself on there. But I went back and found it, and, and I did. I, I took, I'd use this just from a, a backdrop of there was one thing that this rich young ruler, he came to Jesus. And he came to Jesus looking. Matter of fact, I want to read the scripture in, in, in Mark's, uh, Mark's version of it, in Mark, uh, Mark chapter number 10. Uh, in verse 17, because it says, now this rich young ruler was going out on the road. He came running. He knelt down before Jesus, asked him, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And anyway, then Jesus, um, whenever Jesus came to him in, in, in verse 20, he answered and said to him, teacher, all these things I have kept for my youth. Because what Jesus told him in verse 21, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have. Give it to the poor, and you will have treasure up in heaven. Come, take up your cross, and follow me. And so that was really that was the backdrop. And the whole point was is that this is a rich young ruler. This guy's rich. He's young. He's a ruler. He's good looking. All this kind of stuff. And he comes to Jesus. And he comes. The Bible says he came running to him, and he fell at his feet. He fell at his feet. Now, a lot of people who, who was rich and young and was a ruler and very important, a lot of people would do that trying to catch Jesus in a trap. You know, the Pharisees would all the time, they were very popular and they were always trying to catch Jesus around a lot of people. Um, you know, just really trying to show, show him up, you know, trying to prove that he was, you know, like we do sometimes, trying to prove we're, we're actually smarter than God. You don't know why we do that. And they would do that. And so, but not this guy. He came to Jesus and he fell out of his feet. And, he, and he, so obviously he came to Jesus looking for an answer. Um, but to be honest with you, the answer that he wanted was not the answer that he got. Because this guy really was expecting whenever he said, um, you know, Jesus says, you know, man, you got to be good. You got to do this, you got to do that. He was really, he said, well, I've, I've done all these things. And he says, you know, well, there's one thing that you lack. And then he says, so you need to go sell everything you have. And, and the Bible says that the dude walked away. Now, Jesus, didn't, Jesus wasn't trying to teach us that you can't be rich, you can't be famous, you can't be all this uh, to inherit eternal life. What he was trying to teach this guy is you can't hold on to something and, and, and grab hold of Jesus at the same time. And we need to understand that. You, you can be rich, you can be famous, you can be pretty, you can be all these, all these things. But, but if that keeps you from embracing Jesus in the way you should, then you need to let go of something. That's all he was telling him. He said, you need to let go. You didn't let go. Matter of fact, if I, if I got my hands full, you know, it's like my wife when she comes back from the grocery store. If there's 108 packages that she's got to grab them all at one time, I don't know how she does it. I mean, 
Baby, what are you doing? I mean, you got to grab them all. Grab that one. Grab that one. You got to get them all. You can't grab anything else when you got so many you know, bags in, in your hand. That's the way we try to come to Jesus sometimes. Like, you know, we, we want him to bless us. We want, we want to give him all. But how many, how many of us, we got to let go of some stuff we picked up in 22 if we want God to do something in 23? That's all he was trying to teach him. He says, man, you, you, you're holding on to all this stuff. Let it go. Just let, let some stuff go. And the Bible says that he walked away. When Jesus told him, he walked away. He walked away because he knew in his mind it was impossible. He's rich, he's young, he's a ruler, and everything is happening. He says, I can't, I can't give everything I got away to, to the poor. He says, I can't do it. And that right there is one of the problems, that it, 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 is, it is impossible. It's one of the main things. There's a lot of things that, that the church is going through right now we have to deal with. There's liberalism, there's humanism, there's the, the whole homosexuality thing, the LGBT stuff, the, the lack of commitment, false doctrine, postmodernism, wokeism, you know, critical race theory, you name it. We keep throwing out there. and We think that's the biggest problem with the church, and that's the things that we're really really hammering right now but that is not the biggest problem with the church the biggest problem right now is that we don't believe that God can do it we just don't think we think it's impossible with God we think that there's no way that God can do the things that we believe that he possibly can do until we get to the point that we realize that I can't and it's impossible. Those are four words right there that is causing God um, for, from, from us receiving all that God has for us. So if there's anything that you want admitted from your life in 2023, it needs to be these four words. I can't and it's impossible. I can't and it's impossible. Because if you say I can't and it's impossible, then that completely just takes God out of complete equation. But if you put God in your equation, then you can say, I can, and it's possible. I can sit here today, and I tell preachers all the time, how do you make it? How do you do what you do? And small town, and things happen, and come against you. You, you, you got removed from your vocabulary, I can't. And you got removed from your vocabulary, it's impossible. It's always possible. And you always can't. Whatever, whatever you can't do, God can we can't do what God can do, and he won't do what he wants us to do. So if we do our part, he'll do his part. And so the biggest thing I believe that is facing the church today is not all these other things that I could have preached. I could have preached on liberalism, humanism, socialism, homosexuality, lack of commitment, false doctrine, postmodern theology, all kinds of stuff. And went all through it, you know, and left us out of here feeling like, oh, man, we are up against it. No, man, what I don't think I want to throw against you today, we got to realize that we can, and with God, all things are possible. <laughs> humanism can come down. False doctrines can come down. However many acronyms they make up for all everything that's going on, you know, in people's lives, it can all come down. With God, all things are possible, and God can do it. We got to put Him into every equation. We got to understand that if we put Him in it, and see, this is the whole thing with this guy. Look at it in a second. When he walked around, he realized that he couldn't do it. What he should have said is, God, I can't do it, but you can. You know, I always teach this. Whenever the Ten Commandments was given, Saul, when Moses came down from the, from the mountain, he came down and had these tablets up here, Ten Commandments. And he says, look at these, read these. And they read them. They said, okay, that's good. We can do that. We can do those. And he said, and it doesn't say in the Bible, but I paraphrase. When I look at it, really what happened was Moses was like, what are you talking about? No, you can't. Oh, no, we can do it. We got them all. Ten? Yeah, we got them down. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll do it. And that was the whole problem. 
Because what God didn't give us the Ten Commandments to say for us to say, oh yeah, we can do it. He gave us the Ten Commandments to realize, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't even pick one and do that. God, if you want me to do that, I need you. I need you to help me. Without you, I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail at one of them, let alone ten of them. But if you intervene in the situation, if you get into the picture, if I figure you in the equation, guess what? I can do it with your help. If you don't help me, I'm going to fail. If you help me, I'm probably going to make it. And see, that's the whole problem with us. And that's the problem with this guy right here did. He decided, you know what? I, I, I just can't do it. And, and that's the greatest danger to church today, that the church is bought into the mentality of impossibility. And we start reading these books and we start seeing the gloom and doom. Yeah, Jesus is going to come back. He didn't, just in case you didn't know it, Jesus didn't come back in 2022. <laughs> Some people trying to figure out, what well, did he do? We miss it? No, man, he, he didn't. The rapture didn't take place. You don't have to ask when the rapture takes place. Whether you go or not, you won't, if you're left behind, you don't have to ask. Anyway, so the good news is he did. So he'll, he'll probably come back in 2023. He's got a better chance of coming in 2023 than he does in 2022 because he just didn't do it. <laughs> right? So that's your eschatology teaching for today. All right? That's it. Everything else, God, we got some work that you left us here for a purpose. There's a reason why we're still here. Because let me tell you this. I can't, let me ask something else. Let me put a footnote to my eschatology teaching. He should have already come. I mean, I don't know what he's waiting on. Except for that he don't want any to perish. He just, he just don't. I mean, he's like, Gabriel brought you trying. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Maybe, maybe today's their day. And so anyway, that's also, so the greatest danger to the church is, is not a gloom and doom of end time, you know, apocalypse and everything's going to happen. And, and, and it's going to happen. It's going to be bad. And I'm, I'm all, I, I believe it. The Bible says it. But the biggest thing that's, that, that, is, that is killing the church right now is a mentality of impossibility. We, we got to believe for them. Believe it. We got to trust God for the impossible and, 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 and obey him and the opportunities that we have to, to produce the impossible. That's why God has called us in here today. So anyway, I, I wrote down a couple of things. Uh, there, there's a human perspective of impossibilities. The world says, and I just used the Bible, Jordan mentioned it a while ago, about Genesis 1 and 1. You read Genesis 1 and 1. Most people, if you don't, you might not make it to Genesis 4, but everybody's probably at least going to read Genesis 1. <laughs> I mean, you mean well. We mean well. Christians mean well. I mean, no, that we mean well. We, we start out. And so it's impossible to create something from nothing. That's what the world says. You cannot create something from nothing. That's what God does. That's what he did. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. That word created there is bara. It means something from nothing. That's what it means in Hebrew. It means something from nothing. You break it down, bara, something from nothing. In the beginning, he created something for nothing. The world says you cannot create something from nothing. God says, no, he does it every day. <laughs> he, he changes you. You are nothing. He created you into a something. You are a born-again child of God. The devil's afraid of you, man. You can lay hands on the sick and they recover. You can speak to darkness and lights begins to shine, man. You can move mountains, command them to be cast in the sea. You can kill giants with a rock. You can walk across the sea, sea waters. You can walk on water. You can do whatever because God takes nothing and turns it into something. 
And it's not something that's existed before. He turns it into something that's never existed before. Every born-again child of God, whenever you became a child of God, he didn't make you just another Christian. He made you borrow. He, made, he turned you into something from nothing. And that something means something that's never, ever, ever existed before. You're not a remodel. I got saved this year. God remodeled me. I'm a refurbished. Uh-uh. God doesn't remodel and God doesn't refurbish. God recreates. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah, but I was an alcoholic. You ain't no more. I was a drug addict. You ain't no more. I was a homosexual. You ain't no more. I was addicted to pornography. You're not anymore. That's why when God saves you, he takes your nothingness and turns it into something. And the world says it can't happen. And Christians, we're just a bunch of believers that says, oh, it already happened. I'm a, I'm, I'm a testimony of it. Come on, church. <laughs> I mean, I love the song, he's still working on me. Oh, he is, but he's already done all the work he's going to do. Yeah, thank you. That's what I was looking for, an ouch. He's done it, man. We got to believe he's done it. We got to believe we have it. We got to believe we can do it. Amen? And we got to believe that God is able to do it seemingly abundantly above all we can ever ask or think of him. My God is able. I said, my God is able. My God is able. I just believe he's able. My God is able. And he can do it. That's the word, 2023. He's just able. It's not happening, but he's able. He's going to do it. Anyway, let me tell you a couple things I wrote down here. The world, the world says that you can't take something out of nothing, but, but God did it. It's impossible. And I didn't, I didn't talk about the Christmas story. First of all, let's do the Christmas story. We just got through with it. It's impossible for a woman to be pregnant and be a virgin. But for our Christian faith to exist, we have to believe that sin, which comes from a male, did not taint the, the body of Jesus. And so we believe in the immaculate conception. Amen. She's the only one. The rest of you know you did it. You need to repent from it and do better next time. The rest of you get it later. The immaculate conception happened one time. The world says it's impossible, but it happened. Amen. That's why we just celebrate it. There was also Abraham and Sarah. The world says it's impossible for an 80-year-old woman to, have a, to, to get pregnant. Sarah did it. He's a God of the impossible because he had a vision. God had a plan. He didn't let the, he doesn't, and he, he does not let, he does not let the, he does not like the space of time, the element of time to rob us of God's promises. So I'm here to, if, if he can wait till Sarah is 80 and Abraham is 90, if God didn't do it in 2022, I'm here to tell you, don't you dare allow the element of time to rob you. No, it's not over. The devil didn't steal it. He didn't put a stop to it. God says, you ain't ready yet. I don't drink coffee. I have no idea what I'm talking about, but this made a lot of sense to me the other day. <laughs> I preached too hard. I preached too fast a while ago. So my voice is gone. I'm battling something other up here. So I'm going to take my time in here with you guys. I'm talking about coffee right now. So y'all know I'm, I'm taking my time. But anyway, somebody was talking about, about how we don't wait for anything anymore. And the way you wait for, and the things you wait for, it's pure, it's better. So this person was talking about coffee that used to you put coffee in a percolator. And the percolating of the coffee, y'all see y'all getting the Holy Ghost around. I'm talking about coffee. Y'all like oh, Jesus, it's crazy. <laughs> Bucket on the front row. He's talking about percolating coffee. 
<laughs> what the? Something about the percolating over the coffee beans, it just makes it appear. And it says, now we, you take a cup, put it in a machine, slap it down, and hit a button, and it just comes out. We don't even care about the perfection of waiting on it anymore and the whole percolating. I mean, this generation ain't got time to percolate. Watch that. We percolated in here. I've seen them. It was good. I forgot what the point was, but don't, I know what it was. Don't allow the element of time to rob you of your blessing. If you didn't get, here it goes, the Holy Spirit's helping me out. If you didn't get it in 2022, that's because it's still percolating. Oh, he could have put it in a cup and pressed a button, but you wouldn't have been satisfied because you used to percolate in coffee. Oh, hallelujah. I might try a cup today. No, it's over. It didn't happen in 2022. My children didn't get saved. My marriage is not back together. My finances are not great. My business didn't get a honey. God's not done. It's not over. Don't allow the element of time to rob you of God's blessing. That's a word for somebody. Put it in your pocket. Don't let it do it. It's still happening. So whatever it says, impossible. Here's the animal. It's impossible for animals to speak. Yet Balaam had a donkey that did just that. Numbers 22. The world says it's impossible. Exodus 14 and Joshua 14, and Joshua's 14. There's no way that the Israelite walked across the Red Sea or the Jordan River on dry ground. The evidence tells us a different story, that Moses did it and Joshua did it. Whatever the world says can't happen, God says it can't happen. Joshua 10, 12 through 14, there's no way to make the sun, moon, and stars stand still. But scientists today are still trying to figure out why there is a day missing in the celestial clock. There is a day missing the celestial clock. And if they just turn to Joshua chapter number 10, they'll see that God made the, the sun stand still so that Joshua can win a battle. And the scientists won't look at it because their data is based on faith. Our data is based on faith, and our faith says that God can do it, and he did it. And the world says it's impossible, but God says, but we say with God, nothing's impossible. Amen? Not to mention that we read in 2 Kings 6, there's an axe head that floated. How I many of the axe heads don't float? They do with God. Raising children from the dead, 1 Kings 17, 2 Kings, feeding a crowd with only a little, little grain. It happened in 2 Kings, it happened in Matthew, it happened in Mark, healing the blind, it happened in the Old Testament, New Testament, curing the sick, it happened in the Old Testament, New Testament. There's possibilities all over the place that what the world says is impossible, God says is possible. And what the world is waiting now is for the church to quit thinking like the world and start thinking like the God, and we're going to start seeing changes take place in the kingdom of God. So this guy truly wanted to know what it meant to inherit eternal life. But then his reaction was that I can't do this because I'm trying to do this on my own. No matter what God gives you to do, I'm here to tell you, if you equate it without God, you can't do it. But if you equate it with God, it can happen. I can't or it's impossible. It's destructing us because whenever we say we can't or it's impossible, what we're actually doing, we get in a dangerous place because we're actually expressing. Uh, it's an expression of the heart and of the mind, something that is so weak because we can't comprehend how great God is. 
Whenever you allow your mind and your heart to, to express something that cannot comprehend how great God is, then you cannot see any way of God doing what he said he's going to do. But you've got, be, you got to begin to allow your heart to express itself to the point that God is bigger than this. You've got to express in your heart that God is bigger than this. It is a faith that cannot believe for the unbelievable or consider the impossible be impossible because we keep on saying we can't. But unto him that is able to do it seemingly abundant of all we can ask or think. Because he is that kind of God that can do what it is that we says he can do. So he was right. He couldn't do it. Because here's the whole thing when we say unbelief. The, 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 the father who came up to Jesus with the, with, the, uh, with the son that was a demoniac. And he said, he said he says, Jesus, can, can you help my boy here? He says, I took him to the disciples. They couldn't do it. He says, will you help my unbelief? And we look at that. We think that's a bad thing. And everybody in part of your prayer card this, this year or today should be on there. God, help my unbelief. And we hate doing stuff like that because we feel like we're not being Christians. We feel like we're not being who is spiritual enough. But helping our unbelief means we have faith. We just don't have enough of it. Now, why is that important? It's people who don't have any faith or is not believers can't pray a prayer that says, God, help my unbelief. Because if you don't have any of it, you don't know what you're missing. But if you have a little bit of it, it's like, if I can do a little bit with this, what if I have a whole lot, I can do more. Jesus says if you've got faith as a grain of a mustard seed, then you can do the impossible. You can do the impossible. So he already said it don't take a lot. So if it don't take a little bit would do a lot, that means a lot would do even more. And I don't know about you, but I want God to do even more. I'm not saying he didn't do anything. I just want him to do even more. Because there's people out there, it's not just for us, it's for what we need. <clears throat> I shared a while ago with the for a service, it kept on coming up my spirit, so I want to use it. It was the, the man at the gate called Beautiful, because I know it's the first, it's, it's January the 1st, and, and since it's January the 1st, you realize we won't do this again until 2033? Not have a new year, but come to church. <laughs> oh, he's prophesying it. No, I'm not. On a Sunday. I don't know how, you know, calendar is a, is, is a funny thing, you know, but you, you, you probably already Googling it. <laughs> it's not a sin unless you don't hurry up and get off and listen to me again. But <laughs> Christmas and New Year's will not be on a Sunday again until 2033. That's 11 years. 11 years. No spiritual application there. I just thought it was, it was, it was anyway, it won't be 11 years. I told first service I'll be 45 at that time, so I'm really excited about that. <laughs> Y'all laughed harder than they did. I'm like, What? I don't know why that's funny. But anyway, the point is, is that that's that. I can't remember what it was, but anyway, I thought you might need to know that. I know what it is because today is January the 1st. I got you on the first day of the year. And it's important because we're creatures of habit. We, we like, I mean, we want to start this thing. And we write down things that we want God to do. And we're expecting, and it's fine, you know. And and you know we're you know we're, we're resolutions, you know. We want to be resolute. We're going to make this thing happen. But one thing we want to be resolute about is uh, is to pray about these certain things and, and ask God for a certain thing. And it reminded me of the guy at the gate called Beautiful. 
And he was asking God, he was resolute for this one thing. Y'all remember what he was saying in Acts number three? He was screaming for money. Alms, alms, alms. He's not one of the bad guys. He's just, he, he, was, he was crippled. He couldn't make any money. That's how he made his money. People gave it to him. And he's crying out for money. He's resolute. This is that one thing. Money, money, man, alms, 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 money, money. So to us, it's money, 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 money. I need money, I need money. And Peter and John comes up to him and says, I don't have any money. But what I do have, I'll give to you. And the Bible says we know that, that he, he reached up to receive what they had. And the Bible says he got up and he was healed. He won't ask him for healing. He never asked for healing. He was resolute for one thing. Asking for what? Money. So he was resolute for one thing. But how did he receive his healing? Which, which after he received his healing, he then received his own money because he had to go out and earn his own money. So God gave it to him. He just didn't give it to him the way we thought he was going to give it to him. But here's the reason why he got his healing and he got his money. Because what he asked for, he didn't just settle for. He reached up and Peter John said, I don't have any money. What I do have, I give to you. And he reached out expecting to receive something from him. So I'm here to tell you today, it's fine. Be resolute and write your 10 things down or whatever it is you do. But at the same time, be ready to accept anything from the Lord. God, whatever it is you have for me, I'm ready for it. Because you can turn that into whatever it is I need. Don't get stuck. Don't start getting religious and say, no, I'm looking for this. And he's got to do that. No, God's going to do it in a totally different way than what you think he's ever going to do it. Because he's the God of the impossible. So this guy got up and walked because he accepted exactly what it is that God had for him. The Bible says that whenever we ask God for, for to help us for our unbelief, it means we need more faith. God, help me in my unbelief. Help me in my faith. Jesus says, have faith in God in Mark. He says, have faith in God. Whosoever speaks to that mountain or says to that mountain, beat every mood and cast in the sea. And don't doubt in his heart, you can have whatever you said. And what sort of things you desire when you pray, if you believe you receive it, you shall have it. Amen? That's passages of faith. And Jesus said that. Jesus was a rabbi, and they're listening to him. We learned in 2022 here that mountains is symbolic of kingdoms. And it's one thing to say, I need this mountain. We can, we can speak to that mountain and commit, and don't doubt what we say. And commanded to be moved and cast into sea. That's mountain moving faith. A mountain of physical sickness. A mountain of dealing with soulish problems of mind, will, and emotion, depression, anger, fear, anxiety, whatever it is. Spiritual battles. I don't know what your giant is that you stand before of, but God says if you speak to it, you ain't got to fight it. You just got to speak to it by faith. Command it be removed and cast into sea. You shall have whatsoever thou said. And whatsoever things you desire when you pray. And I began to realize, wow, as we began to teach it sometime this year, that I came, I think it was a Wednesday night, I came in here and says, whoa, it just hit me that a mountain is symbolic to kingdoms. Whenever things are not going your way, there's only two kingdoms on this earth, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of this world. You either are being, and you're always being affected by one or the other. Did you hear what I just said? You're either being affected right now by the kingdom of God or you're being affected by the kingdoms of this world. Jesus is the head of the kingdom of, this, of God and the devil is head of the kingdom of this world. 
You say, well, I'm not spiritual. Oh, honey, whether you know it or not, you either are being affected by the kingdom of this world, Satan himself, or the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ. You're either being affected by one or the other. You're, you're, you're a spirit being. You're a spirit being. And the Bible says that, that if, we, if, we, if, 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 we, if we believe these things and, and, and don't, don't, don't doubt them in our heart, that we can, we can have what as we said. Because a rabbi, a rabbi, the, the chief rabbi, the smallest of the rabbis, actually have a, have a phrase. I forgot what it was. I didn't write it down. But it was, it's a phrase. They're actually called mountain uprooters. And people would go to these, these scholars, these very important, these well very renowned rabbis because they would teach in such a way that, that their teacher and, and, and the Hebrew name they had for them was actually called mountain uprooters. They, they, they would give you a word that would cause mountains to just be uprooted out of your life. And you can go ahead and see the things that you want to see and do the things you want to do. And so the Bible says whenever you have faith, you become mountain uprooters. Because Jesus put that word in you. So I want you to know today that, that the power of life and death is in you. What Jesus is, was going to give you is already in you. And you have the power to be a mountain uprooter. And if you're a mountain uprooter, that means you're a kingdom uprooter. And, and here's the thing. And the things that the enemy, the kingdom of this world, has been occupying in your life, you get ready to uproot that kingdom and replace it with the kingdom of God. This is very important. Let me tell you why it's very important to a church like Highest Praise, but things to a ministry like Highest Praise, with the things that God's placed in this church, He's placed in our schools. I'll be honest with you, He's blessing. He's blessing. I'm not bragging on us, I'm bragging on God. He's blessing. We came in here, when we built this building years ago, I walked in here, I walked, I'll never forget, everybody was happy, excited. I walked in that door right there when I had that one there. I walked in and the first devil hit me like a bug hitting the windshield. I was like, how the heck are we going to pay, pay, pay for this? Couldn't be excited. I was walking right over here. I mean, that's why I won't say that loud. I was just thinking, oh God, you know, he's great. You know, it, it, like everything else, it costs a lot more than what we thought. And the closer you got to it, you know, it's like Christmas, the more expensive it gets, you know. Came right over there. Never got come standing right, right, right over there. Right, right, Jimmy, right over here where that light's going. Right, right where that light is right there. And this guy comes up to me. Just comes up right behind me. And he tapped me on the chart to turn around. And he says, hey, man, I've been coming here. And I knew him. I had seen him. Didn't really know him a whole lot. And he's from Winston-Salem. I remember that. He said, I'm from Winston-Salem. And I knew that. He said, we're getting ready to go back. We've been here for the, you know, for this was, this was in um, September. He said, we're getting ready to go back. You know, we want me to come back for a while. You know, I got to do a job and everything else. He says, but I wanted to do something for, for, this, for this ministry because we've been here this summer, you know, staying over at, uh, over the island and all that stuff. He said, God just told me this morning I need to do it. This is what I need to do. He handed me a check for $50,000. That's why I said, whoa. And that was a lot of money. It's a lot of money then. It's a lot of money now. But what it was, it was God putting his arm around me and saying, I got this. I got this. It's okay. So what's your point? Anyway, money, it takes money to have ministry, but money does follow ministry. And that's what God is doing right now. He's doing some, he's doing some amazing things. But there's a world out right now that, is, that, that, that needs to hear this. We, we need to get a hold of this. And we have to get it before the world can get a hold of it. I was sharing a while ago. I'll close on this, but time's running out. But in 1959, in 1959, there was a car dealership called, a manufacturer called Mercedes-Benz. 
And Mercedes-Benz, the engineers of Mercedes-Benz was, was conducting a test. And they were conducting a test that they weren't expecting any car uh, manufacturer to be doing, let alone a luxury car like in the 1950s like, like uh, Mercedes. And they were taking cars and they were slamming into concrete walls. Nobody was doing that. This is struggling. And the engineers was, was looking. They were trying to figure out how to make their cars safer. And in the process of trying to figure out how to make their cars safer, they came up with the idea of airbags. And the, and the engineer of Mercedes came with the idea of, of airbags and how the airbags would hit with a certain impact, airbags would deploy, and it would save people's lives. The engineer then that patented the thing called every car manufacturer and he handed over them the blueprints of airbags. Well, obviously, the economists of, of, of the auto industry was like, what? Why would you do that? The time, the effort, the money, and everything you did to come up with the, that kind of ingenuity, why did you just give it to all the other manufacturers? I mean, you could have put them out of business. You, y'all could have made more money ever been. He said, because some things are just too important not to share. He just gave it away. That's what a message like this on January the 1st, 2023, and we're saying we need to believe God for the impossible. We need to believe God for all things. We need to get it. We need to understand it. And we need to leave these doors and to share with everybody we know because some things are just too important not to share. See, the world can't comprehend. Why don't you just keep it to yourself? God didn't give it to us to keep to ourselves. He gave it to us because, see, airbags was going to save lives. And we're not talking about just saving lives. We're talking about eternity. And God saving people from eternity. So what are we going to do, church? We're going to believe God for all things. Now, I got a couple of things here. I'm your pastor, so I want to, I want to help you. And uh, if you're visiting here, well, guess what? belong to me now. <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, this is what we're doing. You can be a part of this. Starting next week, you start now. A lot of people already started different things because it's January the 1st, but as a church, from January the 8th to January the 28th, that's 21 days. That's from Sunday next week to, to uh, Saturday. It'll be 21 or 28th. Uh, a word cycle just came in my spirit, and, and cycle. And, and, and a cycle is a series of events that are regularly repeated in the same order. That's why I call it a cycle. It's another word for season. It's another word for a period. It's the, it's the same time. It's just a cycle. It's an event. There's one thing about when we start doing cycles or getting in season. The reason why God allows us to go into season is because it creates habits. It creates things we're going to do. And so I want us to have a 21 day of, of a cycle or a season or a period, however you want to do it. And for these 21 days, I want you to, I want you to fast. You say, oh my God, he's preaching on all things. He wants us to fast all things. <laughs> fast something. Fast something. See, I won't be fasting collars and Brussels sprouts because I don't eat collars and Brussels sprouts. It means nothing to me. And so the, what's important about fasting, and I could teach on fasting, all kinds of stuff, and God's called us all kinds of different fasts. But here's the simple thing with fasting. If it doesn't mean anything to you, it doesn't mean anything to God. And I want you to, I want you to take something. And every single day, it can be different. And I want you to get caught up in, 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 in the religion. The cycle is not about the fast. The, the cycle is just taking something for 21 days and giving it to God. 
okay? It can be one thing on a Monday. It could be switch it up. It could be a meal on this day. It could be something that you don't want to. You can do a Daniel fast. You can do a complete. You can drink just water for 21 days or whatever. I don't, I mean, what, whatever. Everybody's got, everybody gets, you know, we started this years ago. I mean, nobody knew nothing about fasting. Now everybody, now it's religion. Well, this is how I do it every year. Okay, do it. If I'm not going to eat, it's going to be God walking through that door saying, son, don't eat. And he's done it. We've been 21 days drinking just water, drinking just just day. And trust me, you don't want to be around me. Oh, pastor, you went 21 days just drinking water several times. Got down to nothing. You don't want to be around me. I'm mean. I'm hateful. I don't like it. Just don't. You think less of me, whatever. I don't. I like to eat. Anyway, so pick something that you can do that God's telling you and pray about it. And for 21 days, you, if you already started, that's fine too. So that's important every day. I'm saying every day. Pray every day. We have prayer on Monday on Mondays from, from 6 to 7. Come in here and just pray. We set an atmosphere every Monday. We always do it. Come in here. See intercessory prayer. Come in here. Pick your corner. Find your chick, a seat. Pray. I think it's important you, you do that. Jordan already said he started his devotion, a brand new devotion, 23. Have a devotion and read your Bible every day for 21 days. Just give him 21 days because it's, it's hard. Jordan says, if, if you upset at me, if I'm not spiritual enough because I don't like to fast, then if I'm going to start a Bible reading and make it all the way through the year, I need to start about October. Because I just get off track, man. I'm like, oh man, I forgot. I was reading my Bible through this way because I'm always reading. I'm going through different stuff. So my point is, but for 21 days, stay focused on it. Stay focused on it. Do it. Here's another thing. Come to church. Come to church. For 20, you're here today. Come next, come, come next Sunday. It'll be, it'll be three Sundays. I know the 29th, the 29th will be a Sunday, but come so we can celebrate. But, but we have church on Sunday. Not both, you don't have to come to both services. Oh my goodness, it's come both Sunday. We can pick a service. Now I got to come on Wednesday. Your kids will love it. And, 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 and just make sure you're here. Just do it for three weeks. Because you'll get in a, you'll get in a, in a great habit of doing good things and doing, doing the right things. I, uh, I told a story of this. I'm going to close. I'm done. Uh, I heard this. I was reminded of this this week. I heard this years ago from an older gentleman not about a sermon about planting grass. And I had a lot of weeds in my grass. And he said, son, the best way to get rid of the weeds in your grass is not just keep, just, just put, dumping weed killer on it. I mean, we think, no, Roundup's going to well kill your grass too. I mean, just, just, just doing it. He says the best way to kill weeds in your grass is to plant more grass. Just keep planting grass. Just keep planting grass. Weeds keep coming up, keep planting grass. And the grass, the good grass, will choke out the weeds. See, our problem is, is we don't want to keep doing the plant, we want to do one thing. We want to, we want to spray something on it and kill the weeds. But that's not how God works. He says, if you want to get rid of the bad stuff, you got to do good stuff. Come on, I'm doing better and you're at it right now, y'all right?
No, we want one thing. Pastor, tell me one thing to do to get rid of my addiction, to get rid of my problem, get rid of my fear, get rid of my struggle. Get rid of, uh-uh. God's not saying one thing. You got to keep doing what is right and keep doing what is good. You hear what I'm saying? Just keep on doing it. And just keep on doing it. But I got that's another week. Keep throwing some good stuff on it. No, we want to spread. We want to spread and spread. One time I walk away from it. We want to come to church on January the 1st, 2023. And want God to bless us. If you want the favor of God in your life, keep, keep doing what is good. Do you know what I just said? I'm going to say it again. If you want the favor of God, here's what I said. Here's what I said. That. If you want the favor of God to operate in your life, keep doing what is good and make the right decisions. Yes, clap. That was good. You mean I can't just come to church on January the 1st, 2023, and the favor of God is going to follow me all the days of my life? No. Because you're in tune with one kingdom or the other. The enemy's going to come in. But if you keep on throwing that which is good, that which is, every time that which is bad comes up, well, God delivered me from that. But showing his hand back, throwing some more good on it. Come to church. Pray. Miss a meal and, and replace it with prayer. Grab your Bible and read it and get something out of it. Keep throwing good grass on it, and the good grass is going to take out the chunk out the bad grass. And what you used to have a problem with, you're not going to have a problem with because making good, right decisions will destroy Satan's kingdom every single time. If you believe it, give God some praise. Let's stand to our feet. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message from our weekend experience. If you want to partner with us as we see lives changed and God's kingdom advanced, you can donate through our website, highestpraisechurch.com. And if you would like to stay up to date with all that God is doing here, be sure to follow us on Instagram at highest.praisechurch and like us on Facebook at Highest Praise Church. We can't wait to see you soon.